welcome to the Thankful Homemaker podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friend. I'm Marcy Farrell from ThankfulHomemaker.com. And thank you so much for choosing to spend part of your busy day here with me today. This summer, we decided to create a camp experience for our grandkids in our backyard. This camp is many times referred to as cousin camp because usually you're intermingling cousins together. However, our daughter has our only grandchildren. So technically ours wasn't a quote cousin camp, but it was still a fun way to create sweet memories with our grandchildren. So today we're on episode 83 and I titled it Cousin Camp, Making Memories with Your Grandchildren. And if you ladies follow me on social media, you may have gotten a glimpse of our camp week. But if not, I shared a few photos in the show notes for this episode too. And I have the most fun surprise for you all today. I talked my husband into joining me for this episode and I'm so glad that he said yes because Doug was a really huge part of our camp week. So I'm super thankful to get his input and his insight, and more so you guys get to hear his input and insight of our week with our grandkids. So let me introduce and bring in my husband. He's a returning guest, Doug. Wow, that's that's so cool. Thank you for having me back today. And I think you really just wanted to prove to your audience that I, I survived and I was still alive after it. And plus, I'll pretty well do anything for food and clean laundry, so I'm glad to be here. It's so good to have you here today, sweetheart. I'm kind of glad we get to do this together. So, friends, before you check out on us, because you're maybe a parent or you're an aunt and you're not a grandparent or a grandmother, I want to encourage you, if you don't have maybe grandparents who can do this or... um, I want you to know you can do this yourself. So as we're sharing today, I want you to think of ways that you can utilize this in your own home for a week in the summer or a day or two days or whatever that would be with your own kiddos in the summer or maybe with your nieces and nephews too. So just stay open. I I pray there'll be some good ideas for all of us today because this is just a really fun way to spend a week with your kids at home together. Uh, We decided to call our camp Camp Nana Papa, because I'm Nana, and my husband is... I'm I'm Papa. (laughs) (laughs) So our kids refer to us as Nana and Papa. Um, We we did have t-shirts made, and I'll talk a little bit about that later. So it was kind of fun to have a name because of that. And then we had kind of a logo to go along with it. So it just made the whole camp experience a little more authentic feeling. But it was a five-day, four-night, literal camp at our home. And we had a blast. We were exhausted. Um, I think I still am. (laughs) I I do think it took us probably a week or so to recoup, but it was so worth it. And I came across this idea from a book that I came across by Susan Alexander Yates. It was called Cousin Camp, A Grandparent's Guide to Creating Fun, Faith, and Memories That Last. And it was a huge help in my planning. But I want you ladies to know there are so many free resources available online about cousin camps. You can go to Pinterest and other places if you just Google it. So you don't necessarily need a book, but I love the book because it came from a Christian worldview and it helped me be intentional in our time with our grandkids with lots of creative ideas. 
So this was, we just determined this was a great year to start because of COVID. There wasn't much going on in our area for summer activities for the kids. But you can also, if you're a parent and you'd like your parents to do this for your grandkids, you can help them put one together if they're interested. The thought of it could maybe overwhelm them, but they might be able to do it if they have a little bit of help from you and they would probably really enjoy some time alone with their grandkids. And as I'm stating this, this was a really hard episode to put together and organize because there were so many things that I wanted to cram in and I wanted to keep a good flow. So this is what I, this is how I kind of ended up. First, I want to talk about how we set up our weekly schedule, which was a huge help, I think, to both of us in planning. Yeah, because then we there, there was a plan every day and even a backup plan. So in the event of rain, we already had activities sort of thought out and planned through. So it just it just made the days flow easier. And then next, I want to we're going to talk about each area, what we did, how it went, things we're already thinking about differently for next year, and. For me personally, I love ideas. So for those of you who are out there like me, that's kind of why I'm doing this podcast because it will help and maybe give you some ideas and get you thinking. And many of you are much more creative than I am. So you can really take this kind of thing and run with it. And then obviously my hubby's here with me. So that's a a double blessing. And we're going to talk about at the very end, after we go through the schedule, break down the activities, we're going to talk about what we learned in our time together and the things that we loved and why, Lord willing, we're planning on doing this annually with our grandkids. So we're going to dig in here and I'm just, I really want to give you a bit of background information on us and our family situation. So our grandkids live 20 minutes from us, and we see them pretty frequently. Actually, as I'm recording this today, we're going to see them tomorrow and have them for an overnight. So we have Anya, who is nine, Olivia, who is seven, and Liam is six. We do overnights and playdates and outings, and we really try to be active in their lives. My daughter and her husband homeschool, so we get that flexibility to be with them throughout the whole year. We, and I think my husband would agree on this, we are the field trip part of their homeschool experience. Um, Nana and Papa get to take them to the zoo and on nature hikes and museums and game nights and movie nights and we travel with them. We really are blessed to be close to them and live near them and we love to be intentional in our time with them and really to point our kids to Jesus was really a primary goal of our Camp Nana Papa to continue to share Jesus with our grandchildren and for them to grow in their love for one another. And we talked about having a goal and a vision is a good thing to start with. So that would be an excellent place to start and pray about in any of your future camp planning that you're doing. And friends, this is my big one. And I share this in other other episodes many times, depending on what we're talking about. There's no comparing ever because our experience is going to look totally different than yours. And I don't want you to compare or think that this is the way you have to do this. This is how my personality works. This worked well with my husband's personality. So this is what our summer camp with our kids look like. This worked with our lifestyle and our home and our schedule. And take a note, we're in our mid fifties and we are not in our seventies. So it's just gonna look different for everybody. Hello, I think I felt like I was in my seventies <laughs> the time the week was over. I don't know, you had much more energy than I did. I had more of the, the arts and craftsy kind of stuff and you had all the active stuff, so. But it was, it was really a good week together. Um, I did utilize Pinterest a lot, and I'm going to try to remember. If I forget, ask me, or you could find it on my Pinterest account. But I'm going to try to link my Pinterest board in the show notes 
um, because I, I have a lot of posts in that for the, the Cousin Camp week that I utilized in planning. And again, there were tons of nuggets in the Cousin Camp book that I talked about earlier. And especially more so if you're integrating families and are having an actual Cousin Camp, because the author, Mrs. Yates, gave some really helpful ideas. And she has like 20 grandchildren she does this with. So she had some great tips in there. But she gave ideas dealing with children's different personalities and setting goals that maybe the parents would like to see for their kids. And one example that she particularly listed in the book was when they had a four-year-old coming to camp for the first year, one of their goals was for them to learn the names of all their cousins. So if you have a large family, this can be an issue for a little four-year-old. And especially if they're all living in different parts of the country, they probably don't get together that often. So I'm going to really pack these show notes, friends, with lots of stuff in them. So utilize them. Um, another, another tip that she gave in the book, um, and this would be great if you even have a larger family, was implementing a buddy system during the camp week to integrate families and older and younger cousins one another to get to know together. We have three grandchildren, and I really feel that for the most part, we have pretty good insight into their weaknesses and strengths because we do get time with them. And we have a close relationship with my daughter and our son-in-law. Uh, but next year, I, I would love to get a little more input on maybe goals or areas of growth that they're working on so we can foster that during the week. When you begin, you need to begin really with a vision and goals. What does your time look like with your kids or your grandkids? You have to think about things like how many days overnight. Maybe it's just a day camp. Maybe it's only one day. Are you going to hold it at your home or somewhere else? You need to work as a team with your spouse. And if you're doing this at home, they need to be on board with you. And so do the parents of your grandkids. So make sure you tackle all those logistics before you get too far into your planning. And there's so many ways to do this at every budget level and every different time limit that you may have. So don't let the logistics stop you from planning this time with your grandkids or your kids or your nieces or your nephews. We, we live on two acres of land and we have a, a pool. And my Doug, he was able to be home with me for the week. So that was a huge blessing. But that may not be your case. So as I state this again and again, do no comparison here. Your grandkids just want to be with you. So whatever you plan, they're going to love. We did some promoting of the camp to the kids, um, just as we were in the early planning stages. And my husband, Doug, you printed out that flyer, and that was really sweet. I really appreciated that. Yeah, I think that was more just to build some enthusiasm and made the whole camp experience probably a little bit more real to them than just something verbally talking about it. So, you know, to, to get something like that in the mail and uh, kind of an official sign up, I, I think it just made it feel more official. You were even the, the shirt finder, so I appreciated that. So yeah, where what, did, what what did kid that... doesn't want a uh, Camp Nana Papa t-shirt? I know. Where that did you a... find that? Where did we find? I think it was just an Etsy. I think it was an Etsy shop that we got it on. Pretty I sure. So I'll I'll look that up and make sure to share that link. But the the shirts got them pretty excited. So that was that was a lot of fun. And they arrived on the first day of camp with their shirts on. And then they utilized those shirts again for the closing program, which we'll talk about a little later in the program here in this episode. So when they arrived at camp, they were given a refillable water bottle, and that was theirs for the week. And they were given an inexpensive kind of drawstring bag, which I put inside of it journals and colored pencils, 
Um, they kind of kept their water bottle with it and it had a little small gift in it. And I'm going to talk more about the journals when we break down the activities, those areas. And these bags were brought to their quiet times and Bible times and their water bottles kept getting cleaned and refilled throughout the day. I, I do want to say having a system to stay organized for all the different activities, even things like meals and keeping those kids hydrated was really helpful and made the day run super smooth. And our schedule for the week took a little time to organize and to think through. Uh, the first year, I'm going to say, is going to take the most time to put together. But now, even for me, I already have a plan in mind for next year. So it was worth that time and made the future years, it's going to be a lot easier for me. It's not going to take that much time to, to put this together. So I first made a list of activities we wanted to include in our week. And we talked about, we really included things like an obstacle course, arts and crafts, nature activities, skit and songs, um, because I was sharing we had a closing program at the end for their parents and great grandpa came too. We had my husband organized, Doug organized all kinds of outdoor games, swimming, story time, Bible time. We had a nature center outing. We had a playground outing. Then they had journal and quiet time, snack time, meal times, and free time. So I really, I like to kind of say, I, I set them up as stations and that helped me. So these were just all different stations and that's how I kind of put the schedule together. So when I did my schedule, it's not like it had time slots, like, you know, nine o'clock we do Bible time, but it worked just by morning, afternoon and evening. So we did have a set time to wake up and every camper when they woke up had to make their bed and brush their teeth and get dressed before coming to breakfast. That was kind of a key. So. I set up a, a whiteboard in our family room and it had the day schedule on one side and the other side had a Bible memory verse. So every morning we started reviewing what was on the agenda for the day. We kind of even reviewed the day of the week and the date and went through those things. And then we did a weather forecast and then we began with our Bible time. We had some really warm temps to deal with that week. It was, you know, in the low 90s, up, well, really upper 90s some. Yeah, it was hot. For a cheesehead, if it gets in the 90s, we uh, we pretty well disintegrate in Wisconsin. We so. too. We felt like we were melting and we had a lot of rain, so it was super humid. Um, so that's why that flexibility is really helpful. So I'm going to just, I'm just going to blurt through an example of our day. And I'm going to, there in one of the pictures that I'll share in the show notes, it has a picture of my whiteboard with what this looked like on it. I'm not a neat writer, so but it served the purpose. So this is what a typical day might look like. We'd wake up at 7 a.m. and they were not allowed to leave their rooms before seven o'clock in the morning. That was key. That gave, that gave Papa and I a little bit of time to catch our breath in the morning and just get ready. So they had to be dressed, make their beds, and brush their teeth. Then they came down to breakfast. And I'm gonna share a little bit more about the food aspects when we get to the, um, the meal part of the activities. Then we had Bible time. That was, that was Papa's part. And then we worked on skit and songs together. Um, we did a playground outing. We did a little bird watching and they helped me fill bird feeders. Then we had lunch. Then we had swimming. We have a pool, so that was daily for us. That was a huge blessing, especially with the temps that week. Then we went into arts and crafts and along with arts and crafts, we did snack time. We had journal and quiet time. And this kind of um, in part of the day helped me and even Papa to kind of catch our breath for the kids to kind of do something quietly. And then that gave me time to prep for dinner and him to kind of get the outdoor activities cleaned up. And then we had dinner. 
and I called this part of the day campfire time, but we never really had a campfire because it was so hot. But we did a lot of story and movie nights together with fun snacks before bed. And we made s'mores in the microwave and banana boats in the oven. And bedtime varied, but usually it was probably around 9 o'clock. And as I've shared this schedule, I'm pretty sure that not one day went perfectly according to plan. Um, flexibility is key. We had rain. We had a grandchild wake up one morning not feeling so great. So we really just took it a day at a time and just really moment by moment. And I know we shared a little bit, but it was scorching in Wisconsin. And uh, so sometimes we try to move the outdoor activities to a cooler time in the day. You know, maybe we try to do them earlier morning or later in the evening. But Doug, would you say, I mean, the kids just were happy to be with us. Yeah, they, no, they didn't even complain about the temperatures because it was just always something to do. And, you know, we spent a lot of time in the garage and we had fans going and it, they were just thrilled to be here. So our kids checked into this camp on a Monday morning at nine o'clock and we just went rolling from there. So I just briefly went through what its daily schedule would have looked like. And what I would usually do with this is before bed the night before, I would set it up and talk about what we were gonna do the next day. So they could kind of look forward to what was on the agenda for tomorrow. And it helped me to plan too because I would take a look at the weather forecast just to see what the day might possibly look like necessarily. And I used an app to plan my camp, and it was it's called Trello. It's spelled T-R-E-L-L-O. It's it's free. I highly recommend it. Totally not necessary, friends. Paper and pencil, notebooks, that works just fine too. But I like that Doug and I could share it together. So you know, we could share the planning board, and I broke down the days, and I broke down the activities, and then under the activities, I could put links to what I wanted to do if there were things online I was looking at or items we wanted to order or shopping list we needed to pick up. But Doug could add to that too, and it just really helped. And now when I open my Trello board, I already have a layout for next year. So I'm kind of ready to go and just changing the various activities and things. So we have a list of activities, or like I said earlier, I like to call them stations in planning our camp days. And I'm going to walk through each one briefly. And Doug, I want you to interrupt me if there's something you want to add. So wherever you feel led. Um, I'm going to start with the easy one, meals and snacks. I kept this super... I loved meals and snacks. <laughs> oh, you said interrupt. <laughs> that was good. That was what I meant. We made kid-friendly meals. We ate cereal and fruit and bagels for breakfast. We had snack-style lunches or sandwiches, and we had really simple dinners. Listen, you can do whatever you want here, but I didn't focus too much on the food. I figured that Doug and I both could survive on chicken tenders and mac and cheese for a week. So that wasn't too bad. And we had one takeout night dinner, which was super fun. I was really happy about that. We had a, we had a Culver's carry out and we brought it home and that was a huge treat. That was probably your favorite too. <laughs> yeah, I was getting a little thin on the chicken nuggets. but I did keep, and Doug and I were talking about this the other day, about the bin with snacks. It was a great way to do snacks, friends. I just grabbed a, I don't even know, like a Rubbermaid bin and filled it with several different kinds. I had granola bars, applesauce squeezes, animal cookies, goldfish crackers, trail mix. It just had a variety of items in it. And when it was snack time, we could just go to that bin and I would just replenish it every evening so it was ready for the the next day. I did juice boxes too. They had some options to have a juice box along with their treats. They love that. Um, if you're cringing at my food choices here because um, you're ultra healthy, I'm really sorry, but do whatever you would do normally here. So, And for those wondering, yes, I did 
menu plan ahead of time because I'm the menu planner. Okay. So Bible time, I really, I'm going to let, I'm going to let you take this one, Doug. No, well, I mean, we get to read and pray with our grandkids when they come over, but just to have a, a whole week to, to start our day in God's word, to memorize the verse, to go over a story. And I think what really, I think what really stood out to me, you know, because they're little kids, right? And then they're doodling and thinking, but when we would go into some question and answers, they, they knew what was going on. They were hiding God's word in their heart right before our eyes. And so it was fun to watch, you know, we had them to, to draw in their journals. I think yeah. that was your idea. And it was so cool to see them come back. And I'm looking at this picture going, man, what is that? But they knew that picture. They tied it right back in to the Bible story. And so that, to me, was very cool. I enjoyed that. I love that. I loved hearing from them. And their journals, That was that's a neat, that was a neat little token. And that was something I grabbed from the Cousin Camp book. But I love it because their journals were something they kept with them for if they wanted to doodle in their quiet time or talk about, just write down what they loved or what they were doing during the day. But the Bible time was really the key for them. And we made them kind of little keepsakes. We put their photos in it and they wrote their name and their date. And those journals are something that they're going to use every camp year. So we, at the end of the week, we kept those journals. Like their mom and dad and grandpa could look at them, but we kept them. So it'll be fun for them to look at them next year and even see what they remembered maybe from the Bible yeah, stories or our cool. time together. Yeah, that's a good idea. <clears throat> um, we had a scavenger hunt. This was this was like a simple activity that I found online. It was just a sheet of paper I printed out, but I put them on clipboards and they had their colored pencil with them and the kids could just, they had simple items on it, like find something purple or a squirrel or a bird or something that's falling from a tree and they would just draw a picture of it on it. And then they could come back continually to that clipboard. So it kind of stayed in the free time activities. And then I'm going to, my Doug built the most awesome obstacle course. And I love this. Yeah, so. that's even where the Trello app, because I would just go online and find pictures. And then I would save it in Trello. And and uh, it, it, was, it was fun to put it together. And again, depending on the ages of the kids, these are not Olympiads. They're just little kids looking to do something they've probably never done. And so it was, it was sweet to put that together and then actually run it and watch them do it. They And they kept wanting to beat their best time. And it wasn't so much competitive. No, they, they just wanted to beat each other. All Come right, on. maybe they did. I was going to say it wasn't competitive with I each other. Know. But maybe, I don't think initially it started out that way. But I think as the week went on, they got a little more competitive. With my Anya girl, every, <laughs> everything's competitive. I wonder where she gets that from, Papa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So swimming, we have an above ground pool. This was a great activity. Obviously it doesn't work for everyone, but maybe you have a local pool you could take your kids to. But I'll tell you, it was great to have on hand for this week. A sprinkler, water balloons, the kids, yes. it's water. They would love anything. I know. I think our kids, when they were little, we didn't have we didn't have the pool when they were little. And the sprinkler was always a favorite. So goodness, squirting each other with the hose is a treat. Playground time was a great way. We just spent a few hours at a local, actually really two hours at a local playground. And at the... At the closing ceremony, I think every one of them noted that, yeah. that that was their favorite activity. Because they never get to go to a playground. So. I know. <laughs> Poor kids. Arts and crafts were fun. And this was kind of my area. This wouldn't this wouldn't necessarily be your area of um, no. choice, Doug. So, and honestly, I'm saying that it's not mine because I'm not an artsy, craftsy kind of I person. I painted some rocks. You did it. You actually, you're very talented yeah. with your painting. It was pretty cool. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I, I painted one rock and then I quit. All right, so I planned a few activities for the kids, but my best part was we had that garage set up, so we had folding tables. I bought plastic 
disposable tablecloths to cover the tables. I found the kids super cheapy little art smocks um, that they could put on. So we had a station set up with all the art supplies in the garage. And then we had a separate table set up where they can work. It was a blast. They loved it. We painted on canvases. They did rock painting. They did these handprint kind of bird painting things that they made that were really cool. That was that would have been the second favorite activity yeah. next to the playground time, I think. So I that was really a big hit one. And I did I did set up all the art supplies way ahead of time. So once I planned the activities, I did most of my shopping. I ended up at Hobby Lobby. It was great. So and that was all done in the garage. And I love my hubby set up our garage. You did a great job with that. Just yeah, well, we had a lot of fans, and I opened the back doors, I had the front doors open, the side door was open, just moving air around, cleared everything out so they could they could really ride their bicycles inside the garage if it if it came down to it. And they did that. Some and days. they did, yeah. They did. And you also set up like a whole, sort of how I did the arts and crafts, you set up an outdoor activity area, like a station. Which yeah, just with the cool. toys, it, it just made it easier. Rather than going to Ben's and trying to figure out what to do, we, we did stupid games like the, the fishnet thing. Remember that? I just took an old trout net I had and some and some little sponge softballs, and they just thought it was great that I'd throw a ball up in the air and they would catch it with a fishnet. <laughs> so just setting up little things like that so they could just go grab it off the shelf and take off and go play. Yeah, we just you had sidewalk chalk and bubbles, and I'm trying to think they loved the cornhole game. That was fun to do. They just enjoyed riding the big wheels and stuff too yeah. when they had free time. And then we did plan some indoor stations in case we really had bad weather. So we had things on hand in the family room, like Legos and Blocks. Dominoes was a big hit. They played a lot of dominoes. We really didn't do many board games, but all those things I kind of had a pile in the family room to keep on hand. We really were outside most of the time. Yeah. <clears throat> and this was, by doing it that way, and sometimes when I'm saying this, I when I did that, I'm like, this would be great to just do with your kids all the time. It was just great to have stations set up, and the kids already knew what to do, and it made it super easy for them to choose the activity and then to clean it up when they were done. So my free time area of the scheduling, they could choose to do an arts and crafts because they didn't have to paint. I had all kinds of papers and other things to do. They could do arts and crafts. They could pick one of Doug's outdoor games that he had, or they can pick an indoor game, or they were allowed to just sit and journal. And that gave us time to just get other things ready, like tidy up, meal times. Doug had emails or work stuff to do. That was a good time for him to get some of that caught up with on the week. And a nature hike. That was a blast. We went to a local nature center. We took a hike. We observed what was going on in the woods. We saw a big bullfrog eat a salamander. That was pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. And then we saw that site where that bird got massacred. <laughs> These are all pretty neat things to kids. Um, we did a nature time at home too, where we just kind of bird watched. And I wanted to identify trees. We never really got to that, so I want to do that next year. But our granddaughter is on a frog kick this year, so they just had a blast finding frogs in the backyard. That was that ranked up there with playground and arts and crafts time. And then skits and songs. This oh. was my husband's Woo. favorite part. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> We're very musically talented, oh, yeah. aren't we, honey? Yeah. yeah. If it wasn't for this thankful homemaker, I'd, I'd be out on the road with you. <laughs> So we're not musically gifted and we're not acting coaches. So this part was a little more challenging to us. But next to Bible time, I think it was probably yeah, one of I, our favorites. It ended up being that way. We picked a book to act out. So they dramatized it. And then we worked on three songs. And these, these, the purpose of these was really to work together on something. And then it was going to be performed for their parents at the closing ceremony. 
And I utilized the help of YouTube and Spotify to help us to sing and dramatize the book. We did this, the book we did was we're going on a bear hunt um, for the skit. And then we sang two campfire kind of songs down by the, down by the bay. And this one was a blast because we were having fun with it all week, just thinking of all the different rhymes. And one of my favorite rhymes, actually little Liam came up with this one. He said, did you ever see a Nana eating a banana down by the bay? So we had a lot of, you get the idea there. Just the rhymes were unbelievable all week. And then we sang, um, I met a bear and this little light of mine. And we had hand motions. So again, a lot for us. It brought a lot of laughs and we just had so, I had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, I did too. I had fun, especially watching you. I had fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I, that was, that was a challenge for me. Okay. Thankfully that's not on video anywhere. So bedtime was really fun. I, you know, as we kind of got ready for bed after dinner in the evening. Yeah, bedtime was fun. <laughs> <laughs> there was a highlight some days. I think we pretty much went to bed when they went to bed. I think yeah, I refilled right. snacks and threw the dishes in the dishwasher and that was about it. But um, and we had stories. We had a couple movie nights. We were hoping for an outdoor one, but we had a lot of rain and a lot of mosquitoes and I probably was more the inside person um, for that. And even the inside sleeping. And we may sleep in a tent one year, but this wasn't the year for me. And I felt we really needed good sleep. And that was really referring to Papa or really mostly me. <laughs> yeah, I think, it would have, I think it would have just added another layer that maybe we weren't ready for. So I think it was good to get one under our belts first before we set the tent up. I agree. And we talk, we almost, for our grandkids, they're not campers. So we almost need to set the tent up on a different night and try it with them. So we may work that out before we commit to long-term camping in a tent in the backyard or somewhere else, maybe one year. And then nicknames. This was a fun one. We all picked nicknames for ourselves and we tried to remember to call each other them during the week. This really was fun because it came into play in the closing ceremony too. And we kind of grabbed this idea from the camp book, but the in the book she recommended everybody picks a nickname for themselves and then the very last night at the closing ceremony all the adults have to think about you know like one of our granddaughters picked the name chipmunk and we said okay who was chipmunk and then mom and dad and great grandpa had to kind of guess who they thought that might be and really there were a lot of wrong guesses we had some interesting nicknames but it was fun and then we did a closing ceremony so we kind of had a traditional one like you might at a summer camp Mom and dad and great grandpa came and the, the kids were so excited. We we all worked together to get ready and set up the garage for it and get the program set up and all the stuff together. And the kids met them at the door and they each escorted somebody in and got them their program and showed them all their we laid out all their artwork and projects on a table and it was it was very sweet. And their journals. So mom and dad and grandpa could come in and look at those and it was just a really sweet way to end and again the garage came in super handy for that so I'm trying to think we really the the this um the ceremony went with a brief introduction the kids performed their songs and skits and then they shared some of their favorite activities or memories from the week and we made awards for the kids based on character traits that we saw in them throughout the week i love this part because it gave doug and i time to kind of think about um aspects that were encouraging to us to see growth yeah. in our kids you thought they were getting an oscar i remember yes. it's like wow look at this award for courage and, uh, it was really sweet it was i put some pictures in the show notes of what their little awards look like so i just printed them off on a sheet of paper but it was just a sweet memory and then we had pizza and ice cream sundays together so it was just a great way to end the week 
those are the logistics. And if you're with us this long, this is the best part to come. So these were really our takeaways from the week. And, and I've been talking most of the time here, but my Doug, I really want him to kind of close us out here. So I'm, he's going to take most of the time because he really was the brains behind it. He's never out of energy or ideas. So I was really grateful for him and putting and implementing this week with our grandkids and that he was part of this with me because I couldn't have done this by myself. That it would have been a little shorter if I did not have him home with me. So that was a huge blessing for me. So Doug, what were some of your favorite takeaways? Yeah, and you'd ask that and just trying to put some thought behind it. I think one of the things that I'm sure we both appreciate it was just having that extended time with them. It was just a good reminder to you and I that you know raising kids is not easy. You know, it seems so long ago now that when our children was little and so having them around for a whole week and, you know, doing everything from bathing to feeding and running, it just, it, it served as a sweet reminder. And, and also to just remember to encourage uh, our sons and, and daughters and sons-in-laws and just, hey, we know it's hard and, and to let them know that you're doing a good job. And you and I talked after that, just how sweet and we're going to be a little biased because they're our grandkids, but Marcy and I both can be painfully uh, factual at times too, if we see something, but really watching them, just how respectful they were, how good they were, how good Amber and Ruben's been doing with them. So it was a great way to encourage uh, them as, as well, just to share that with them. Uh, and at the same time, it even showed some other areas of discipline that probably still needed to be worked on that we can come alongside Amber and Ruben and, and help them with those kids. That is good. I don't have a lot to add to that, but I do agree. They are just really loving and kind and sweet babies. And I'm grateful for our time with them and that we can that we can even do that and give Amber and Ruben some time alone together. And we got a whole full week to play with them. Yeah. So I was I'm very thankful and, for that. And that was even part of, you know, having that full week is as you said, because typically when grandkids, cousins, whoever they get together, it's it's just wide open a few hours of play. But when you get to settle down for a week like that you know, you really start to get into a rhythm of each other's lives. And even they, you know, they kind of get into to our rhythm a little bit. And and so you can really utilize that time to not just play, but also to, to train and teach and maybe work on some new habits and, and routines in the mornings. You know, they, they had to get up. They made their beds. And, you know, I remember that first day, the beds looked like a cyclone went in and kind of arbitrarily threw that. But as the week went on, their beds were, were nicely made. They were tidy. The clothes... They helped with dishes. They really engaged in the in the Bible time, even in their quiet time. You know, when our kids are over here for a few hours, to get them to just sit and be quiet for a little bit, it's like impossible. <laughs> but they would really take that time. They were writing in their journals, and and again, we're we're helping our our children too. Amber and Ruben had a nice respite from that as well. Yeah, we do. We do kind of shut down when our grandkids come over. Like when they're coming over tomorrow. We're going to shut down and we're just going to play and eat and be with them. That's how we usually are when it's just a night or two maybe. And I'm a lot more flexible on routines when I do that. But when we get them for those extended periods of time, we do kind of work them into our normal routine. And I really like that. And it is amazing how quickly they adapt to our schedule. Um, It doesn't take them very long. And one of the things that cracked me up is after camp week was over and then we had them again for an overnight, my little Liam, I was sitting in my, um, my kind of my 
living room, I, I call it my library, my library area. And he was at the top of the stairs and I could hear him that he was up. And I'm like, honey, you can come on down. And he was, he was in camp mode week. He's like, I didn't know Nana. I didn't know if it was seven o'clock yet. And if I had to be dressed and make my bed before I came down, because we're pretty flexible when it's just an overnight. So that was just kind of cute to see how quick they that caught on to that. Yeah, they learned, they learned quick. You know, I, I think one of the other things that, that I really would encourage folks, if you can, is just to, to, to pause and really get yourself in a position to enjoy and appreciate the opportunity. And, and we're all in different seasons because I'm not traveling as much because of COVID. But you know, if you can take some time off or at least allocate the time as if this truly was a camp or a vacation, yeah. I, I think you'd really enjoy it a, a lot more. You know, and we did build in some time because I still had emails coming in, people to call. You know, so we kind of programmed that into the day so that I could still keep up with my work. But the more time you can separate and just focus on the, the kids and, and the uh, opportunity, I think you'll you'll enjoy it that much more. And just even just having grown children, it, it just gives you a proper lens on just how fast this vaporous life uh, really is. It's it's really a precious season that we've been given in our case with our with our grandchildren and one of the things I used to always remember telling, uh, well, Josh and Amber, even, yeah. you know, I always heard, I can't wait till they're, till they're 10. I can't wait till they're 12. I can't wait till they're driving and just stop wishing, you know, your lives away. You know, the season is going really fast and just enjoy this season and don't wish any of this time away. And, and so again, if you could just take a pause, slow down and enjoy the time with these grandkids, you won't regret it. Amen to that, honey. It's good stuff. Um, what else, Marcy? I know I know the other one that, that came to mind was, you know, depending on their age, there may be some teenagers in the mix, but they're they're still children, you know. The the their bar for fun is a lot less than you, you're probably going to make it. I I remember telling you when I was setting up the obstacle course, thinking this is the most ridiculous looking <laughs> obstacle course I, I've ever seen. Yet to them you would have thought they were running the American Gladiator. I mean, it was so funny. The little look on their face. I was waiting for them to break out, you know, and put the the dark marks underneath their <laughs> their face and go Rambo on it. I don't know. Even as we went on, I mean, I felt like I was cheering on American Gladiators <laughs> as I'm like telling them, go, go, go. <laughs> but that's true with the things like the art projects and nature. They just like learning new things. They like having something to do and they love having 100% of your attention. So it was fun to be able to set aside a week to do that. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and you know, we've talked about fun and, and let's face it, most of the week was just that. But there's also, you know, there's also the element of eternal uh, value that's taking place. We've all heard it said that, you know, well, Anya or so-and-so, she, she acts just like you. And so that means they're watching and they're going to model certain behaviors and activities. So I think it's really cool. And, and like Marcy said, I do like to play and I like to have fun. And I, I want them to see the fun side and, and laugh and play to every bone in our body aches, which I think at one time it, it was. But just for us to remember that while we're making these sweet little memories with them, we're, we're also showing them who and what, and that's a capital who and what, is most important in our lives. And that... All of this fun that we're having is really an outpouring of a forgiven life in Christ. And and I, I just, we never want to lose that that emphasis in it. No, I, I shared earlier about just the Bible time, but those kids, they are listening. When we're talking about God's word, when mm. we're praying, 
whatever we're doing with them, you know, Jesus is part of all that we're doing. And we had a lot of opportunities to point them back to the gospel during the week. Um, we were given the opportunity to, to plant seeds in their lives with the hope that they will come to know the Lord at a young age. That is something I always pray for my grandbabies. Yeah. And Marcy, I, I don't know how much longer you wanted to go on. I know there's there's probably tons of things and, and people, they're going to figure this out too, what, what they like. But the one thing that I, I will never forget and just how much fun we really had was really telling as our uh, daughter and son-in-law was pulling out of the driveway, taking these kids home after an exhausting and again, a hot week in Wisconsin. I know it was a blast because Marcy and I both began to cry as yes. as they were pulling out of the driveway. And I'm telling Marcy, I'm like, sweetheart, they live 20 minutes from us. What are we, what are we doing? So, oh goodness. It was, that was really hard. I just loved being with them. I yeah, just missed so I. the thought that they weren't going to be there all the time. So Thank you, Doug. I'm so thankful you could be with me today on this. That was a treat for me to have you. It was actually good to talk to somebody and not just the microphone or just, you know. Just as long have as I earn dinner it's tonight, good. I'm, <laughs> I'm good. Always, honey, always. <laughs> so I pray, friends, that this will encourage you if you're a grandparent to maybe not necessarily do a camp. Maybe that's not what's on your list, but to be intentional in the time that you do have with your grandkids. And even as a parent or an aunt or a sibling, to just make the most of your time together. And if you're in Christ, you have the most excellent privilege to share Jesus with them. I pray that they're going to hear the gospel from our lips. That's of utmost importance. But I pray also of much importance is that they're going to see it lived out in our lives and that it's important to us. And this is just one way to get some intentional time with your grandkids and even to bring families together so the cousins can get time together. It was a blast. We've really committed to doing it annually as long as we can, Lord willing. And the book that I brought up at the beginning, Cousin Camp, it's a great resource and I'm going to link to that book. And um, I'm also going to link to an interview that she did on Family Life Today that could be, it was a help to me and I think it may be a help to you with a bunch of other items in the show notes. So I want to leave you with a quote and a verse here. So J.C. Ryle said, Love should be the golden thread that runs through all your actions in dealing with the child. Kindness, gentleness, tolerance, patience, sympathy, a willingness to enter into childish troubles, a readiness to take part in childish joys. Though These are the cords by which a child may be led most easily. These are the clues you must follow if you would find the way to his heart. I just came across that quote and I just pray that that would be the case in our interactions with our grandkids. And Psalm 90, 12 is one of my favorites. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And I pray, friend, that the Lord will help us to live in the light of our time, that we are reminded that our time here on earth, it's temporary. I want to have a heart of wisdom because wisdom is the ability to live our lives authentically. We're able to make the right choices at the right time. And one of the big things I'm still learning is how to spend my time. I desire to have an impact for eternity in the lives of my grandchildren and pray that we can continually keep the eternal focus in the forefront of everything that we do as we spend these precious moments with them. And Doug, I'd like you to close out my favorite reminder since it's I stole it from you anyways. Well, I think it's nobody's real line. It's well, just a fact that Jesus Christ is enough always. Amen. So friend, thank you for your time today. 
And again, you can find all the resources mentioned in this episode 83 titled Cousin Camp, Making Memories with Your Grandchildren over at the blog at thankfulhomemaker.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd so love you to just take a moment and head over to iTunes and give it a, a quick rating and review for me. That's a sweet blessing and it helps others find the podcast. So I'm so grateful for all of you that have done that. Thank you. And my resource for this week is the book Cousin Camp. I couldn't think of anything else to add to this episode besides that. It's just a helpful resource. And again, not for just hosting your own cousin camp, but you're going to find plenty of other suggestions for a variety of gatherings in it, as well as activities specifically designed for mothers of young children. So it's just a good resource to have on your bookshelf. So thank you again for your time today and have a very blessed week, dear friend. Mm -hmm.